Welcome to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in their lives. And it's a place where your questions about faith and religion can be answered. And now, here's your host, Deacon Al. Welcome to Good News. This is Deacon Al. I'm here at Catholic Spirit Radio every Saturday and Sunday evening. Looking forward to talking to all of you about the readings from our Mass this weekend. And we have one of my, a great reading, especially in the Gospel. We're talking this weekend about one of the toughest parts of being a Christian. And I'll explain that more in a little bit. John, do you golf? I don't either. Well, I identify as a golfer. Yeah, I identify as a golfer. So perhaps that makes me a golfer nowadays. But uh, I I played uh, just this last week in the golf outing that was sponsored by Knights of Columbus for um, the Monsignor Greg Ketchum scholarship outing uh, sponsored over at uh, Crestwick, Crestwick Country Club. And I knew this was coming for months. And I haven't played a round of golf in about three years. So I decided that to save face so that I wouldn't make a complete fool out of myself in front of my friends and, and other folks, a lot of folks who I knew from various church activities. There were a lot of people there. Um, that I would, I would prepare. I would practice. I would study. So I paid for golf, for golf lessons to prepare for this. Those aren't inexpensive I, I, and I, I have as an instructor, the, a woman who taught me how to golf 20 years ago. She's an LPGA pro. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is big stuff. She's good. And had three lessons with her and I did great during the, I was, I was awesome, but that wasn't good enough. I needed to practice more. So for two weeks, I got up at six 30 in the morning and went to the driving range, bought a bucket of balls every morning for two weeks and awesome at the driving range, picking out targets, smacking them right to the target, going past the targets, but right in line. Every, every club in the bag was, was, was working for me, right? Everything was hot. And then I would go and, and, and use the putting green some afternoons, or I'd go down to the chipping green, right? So I was, I was ready for this. So we get to the outing and I played like an Olympian, I mean, nine, nine of my, nine of the holes, I sunk that ball on the first stroke. No, no I'm not kidding. I sunk him in water, but, but I sunk him. I lost, I sent, I played like an Olympian, but it was an Olympic swimmer. I, I sent nine balls into the drink and then I lost another four in, in the rough. So in total, I lost 13 golf balls in one round of golf. And this is after, intense study and intense practice, right? I lost 13 balls. I was like the laughing stock of, I felt like the laughing stock of the whole outing. My, my friends were having great joy in this. At one point I hit a sand trap and one of my foursome said, I'll bet we'll find a bucket of water in there. <laughs> I was hitting water like it was magnetic. In fact, I hit the water hazard on one hole that wasn't even on the hole I was playing. I hit the water hazard of the hole next to us. That's how badly I played. The whole afternoon, I had two shots that contributed to our foursome, two shots that, that we were able to use as, as best ball. Uh, 
to say I was disappointed is is not doesn't even cover where I was. I mean, I was really hard on myself too, and I apologize if any of any of my foursome are listening. I apologize because I was not a happy camper. Because oh, and did I tell you about the balls that I bought at the recommendation of my pro? I brought I bought uh, Titleist Tour Soft. These are three dollars a ball. Oh my. Three bucks a ball, and I'm sinking them in water right and left. Ah, oh, very frustrating. Very, very frustrating. So um, how does that play into our readings today? Well, you're about to find out. We have great, exciting news coming up at Catholic Spirit Radio because very, very soon we'll go full power on our new Rockford Tower which is going to bring us up to over a million potential listeners to Catholic Spirit Radio. So if you have friends or family out in Rockford, uh, tell them to be ready to tune in to uh, 88.9 FM, which will be our frequency up in, in Rockford, and they'll be able to hear all the great programming uh, from Catholic Spirit Radio, our rebroadcasts from EWTN and other Catholic affiliates, as well as our locally produced programs. So we're very excited about growing so quickly and um, so grow so large into the central Illinois area. And uh, with your continued support, we will continue to grow and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout our area. So uh, I told you before our break that we uh, that I had a, a very excruciating experience on the golf course. Uh, spent lots of money, did lots of practice, did lots of study, watched videos, took lessons, went to the driving range, and then when it came to the actual game, I was horrible, beyond horrible. Lost thirteen balls in in eighteen holes. I mean, that's that's pretty sad. I can look back on it now and laugh. Uh, Monday, I was not laughing at all, at all. And then, as as I turned to start studying for the, for this weekend's uh, mass readings, I, I I realized what part of the problem was because it sort of, it pretty much ties in with uh, with uh, sacred scripture. So let's uh, let's take a look at this. the The first reading is from Old Testament. It's the uh, uh, Book of Wisdom of of Sirach. And uh, for those of you of the, our Protestant brothers and sisters who are listening, you may not recognize this because this probably isn't in your the canon of, of your Bible. This is not going to be found in the normal canon of the King James. You're going to find this in what you call the Apocrypha. Um, it's a very important book. It's, it's a rather short book, but it has some really good uh, wisdom in it, and it explains a lot about uh, Faith, including uh, free will, is explained in, in Sirach. But uh, today, the theme is forgiveness. So it starts, Wrath and anger are hateful things, yet the sinner hugs them tight. The vengeful will suffer the Lord's vengeance, and he remembers their sins in detail. Forgive your neighbor's injustice. Then when you pray, your own sins will be forgiven. Could anyone nourish anger against another and expect healing from the Lord? Could anyone refuse mercy to another like himself? Can he seek pardon for his own sins? If one who is but flesh cherishes wrath, who will forgive his sins? Remember your last days, set enmity aside. Remember death and decay and cease from sin. Think of the commandments, 
Hate not your neighbor. Remember the Most High's covenant and overlook faults. The word of the Lord. So that comes from Old Testament. Our next reading is going to be from um, Paul to the Romans. And Paul writes, Brothers and sisters, none of us lives for oneself, and no one dies for oneself. For if we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So then, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For this is why Christ died and came to life, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. The word of the Lord. And finally, our our gospel uh, proclamation comes from the gospel according to Matthew. And again, we're going, to, uh, we're going to look at forgiveness. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times. That is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor was brought before him who owed him a huge amount. Since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold, along with his wife, his children, and all his property, in payment for the debt. At that, the servant fell down and did him homage and said, Be patient with me. I will pay you back in full. Moved with compassion, the master of that servant let him go and forgave him the loan. When that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants, who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, Pay back what you owe me. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had the fellow servant put in prison until he paid back the debt. Now when his fellow servants saw what happened, they were deeply disturbed and went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have pity on your fellow servant as I had had pity on you? Then in anger his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt so will my heavenly Father do to you, unless each of you forgive your brother from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. As I said earlier, we're going to talk about one of the most difficult things there is for for us to do as Christians, and I believe that's forgive. Uh, Scripture talks about forgiveness so much, and we study it so much, and we read about it so much, and we're, we're taught about it so much. And yet, when it comes to application, we are so bad at it. It's it's easy to say, I would forgive my enemies until someone actually becomes our enemy. And then emotion takes over, and and we forget about what we we learned through the teachings of Christ. For me, that example uh, fell in my golf game. You know, I, I watched the videos. I watched how it's, how it's supposed to be done. I studied every aspect of, of, hitting, of striking the golf ball. I, I practiced. I took lessons. I studied. And yet when it came time for application, 
I could not do it well. I think with, with forgiveness, we, we talk a good game, but when it comes time to play the game, when it comes time for application in real life, we're not very good at it, especially in the small things. How often have you gotten cut off in traffic by someone and suddenly everything you learned as a Christian falls by the wayside, right? What about – that's just a small example. What about a big example? Um, what if you or someone in your family were the victim of a violent crime? And, and we see how often that happens. Now, I was just hearing, heard a news story yesterday, something like in, in New York City, your chances of being involved in a violent crime if you're in New York City is one out of 18. One out of 18. Can you imagine what a dangerous environment that is? How, how quickly could you forgive someone who, uh, who harmed you or harmed a family member through a violent crime? What about your next door neighbor when, uh, when they leave their trash cans out uh, too late or set them out too early or when their leaves blow from after you've just raked your yard, the leaves from the neighbor's house blows into your yard? How easily do we forgive? Uh, my personal experience, not very easily. Not very easily. Um, it's hard. It's hard to truly forgive. So what does Scripture, when Scripture says to forgive, what do they mean? Uh, we have from, from Matthew, he, he asks, uh, Peter asks Jesus, do we forgive seven times? And, and Christ says, no, 77 times. In, in, in some versions of, of the gospel, it's seven times 70. So what, what Jesus is saying, it's not a specific number. He's not saying 69 is not enough. You have to go 70. He means you have to forgive over and over again because forgiveness is hard. We get tied up in our emotions and we forgive once and then a little bit later we start dwelling on, on that action and now we start to we start to hate our neighbor again or, or hate that person who did us wrong all over again. And so we have to forgive again. So Jesus is telling us that we have to really be careful and we, we're, forgiveness takes perseverance, consistency, and that's hard to do. Um, we are such an emotional being that forgiveness is difficult. But without forgiveness, uh, we, we damage our own salvation. We damn ourselves. As, as Christ explains here and as Sirach explain, explains in, in his uh, writing in the Old Testament, when we hold on to that anger, we damage only ourselves. When we hold on to that hatred, it's not our enemy who gets corrupted. We corrupt ourselves. And so we do harm to our own salvation. So it's not only for the good of our, of our neighbor and the good of the person who offended us that we forgive them. It's for our own good that, that we do that. So what does forgiveness mean? Does it mean that you have to allow yourself to be uh, abused over and over again by that person? No. Doesn't say you have to remain in in that situation or or accept that situation constantly, but what it means is you should want what's best for that other person, and what's best for them is a union with Christ. What's best for them is that they come to an understanding of of Christ's teaching. So when we forgive the others, our hope is that they turn away from this sinful behavior. 
and they embrace the graces of, of Christ. So to want what's best for the other person is, is not easy, especially when that other person doesn't want what's best for you. And yet, that's what we're called to as Christians. That's, that's our cross to bear that, that Christ talks about so often, that we must be willing to pick up that cross. And a, and a big, heavy portion of that cross is the act of forgiveness. And just, just reading about it or just studying it in the Scripture or hearing about it in the homily or the sermon at church, singing about it in your hymns, that's not going to be enough if when it comes time to play the game, if when it comes time to interact with other people in real life, if you're not able to take those lessons and employ them in real life, it's just like practicing a a sport, a game like golf, and then not being able to play the game. Uh, forgetting everything you've practiced and getting out there and just uh, striking, in this case, another person rather than striking the golf ball, uh, just striking out in a way uh, that's contrary to our Christian character. So how do we find that? How do we do that? Um, in uh, in golf, I, I, I got a, uh, a suggestion from, a, from another pro that why do you think you're doing wrong in real life, but you do great in practice? Well, in practice, you don't realize that other people are watching you. When you play golf, especially in, like, in a scramble like we were doing, I not only have my, the rest of my foursome behind me watching everything I do, I've got the next foursome waiting for us to get done. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling rushed. I'm out of my element, and uh, I get very self-conscious. And when I do that, I mess up everything I've learned. I think it's similar to that in in life. Um, Only in in my golf game, I get nervous because people are watching. In real life, I get sloppy because people aren't watching. The the recommendation I got for my golf game was as you actually play play the game more often, don't practice more than you play. Practice in order to play but play more, and that's something I I haven't done well. Um, But take your practice environment with you. So by that they mean when when I'm actually in the game, uh, and when I'm in practice rather, when I'm in practice, imagine that I've got the foursome standing behind me watching me. Imagine that I've got other golfers watching me as I practice. Put that pressure on myself to do well in practice the way I want to do well in the game when I have people watching me and I get nervous. So in, in other words, take the lesson with you out into the field by practicing as if you're being watched. So in real life with forgiveness, when you're out in the real world, pretend you're being watched. Picture Christ behind you. You're not alone uh, when someone cuts you off. Uh, Christ is in the back seat watching your every move. Uh, Live your life like you're being watched. Uh, Live your life like you're not alone, like Christ and the saints and the angels are with you, not only to support you, but to remind you who you are, that you're part of this Christian community. Uh, You're not just out there alone, and nobody's watching you, so what you say or do doesn't matter. It absolutely matters. So play the game as if you're being watched. That's number one. 
Number two, don't just study, apply, get out into the world, be, use your Christianity in, in your work, use it in, in school, use it with your friends, use your Christian teachings with your neighbors. Don't just make this, uh, don't be a Christian who only practices. Be a Christian who plays the game, who takes these skills and takes them out into the real world and applies them. I think if I did that with my golf game, I'd be a much better golfer. I think if we all did this uh, in our real life uh, with, with Scripture, we'd, be better, we'd all be better Christians. And couldn't the world uh, be better if we simply had uh, more Christians in it and, and better Christians at that? So listen to the wisdom of Sirach. Listen to the words of Christ. Be willing to forgive because as you forgive others, you also, uh, in the long run, end up bringing forgiveness back onto our own sins. And the, the bottom line of all of that is that we all get a chance uh, through forgiveness to spend eternity with our Lord in heaven. Thank you for listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio. Uh, don't forget, we're coming to you in Rockford. Spread the word. Uh, we'll be at 88.9 FM uh, very, very soon, and we hope you'll join us there as well. Until then, may Almighty God bless you, protect you from all evil, and bring you to everlasting life. Amen. You've been listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in your life. Submit your questions to Deacon Al at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. That's good news at catholicspiritradio.com. Deacon will answer your questions about faith and religion. Thank you for listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio.